0: What's happening, McKinley? How are you? Good week,
1: good times, good friends, good food. For sure. Good deed. what is it, good thoughts,
0: good deeds,
1: good service. <laughs> it's Bohemian Rhapsody. whatever Freddie Mercury's dad says to him at the end of that movie. You know,
0: I can be honest with you, I've never seen it.
1: I still really want you to see that.
0: I know. It's okay. I'm working on it. I'm so busy, man.
1: I know, I know you I'm are.
0: so busy, and you're busy, too. I'll tell you
1: what I'm going to do before you leave. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you my DVD copy.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you're that. Welcome. Well, speaking of being busy... <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving?
1: Busy. <laughs> uh, we had quite a week at okay, work. Okay. Uh, you know, unfortunately, several people, and it's always tough around the holidays, obviously. You never want to lose anybody on the holidays, but yeah. we did have a long week.
0: The holidays uh, are a, a tough time for a lot of folks. Even if really you
1: don't have somebody perish, obviously, you know, it's tough for the ones that do, and you think about them during the holidays, but it was a tough week for us. But we were able to uh, balance out the work schedule, obviously, and, you know, I got to eat.
0: Okay. You know, which was good. What was your favorite thing you ate this year?
1: You're going to laugh at this, and it'll mm-hmm. kind of segue us a little bit. But uh, the best thing that I ate was a seven-layer salad in the Thanksgiving menu of club level at Mississippi State during the football <laughs> game. It was so good! That's they a, did a Thanksgiving-themed yeah, meal. Yeah, that sounds good. And of course, I was already full, but I was like, you know what? i got to eat. I'm up here, and it's free. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, it was it was good. They did a Cajun smoked turkey up there, I man. It, it was really good. But that seven layer salad I couldn't get enough
0: of. Man, well that's one thing I wouldn't need is a seven know, layer salad. I know, I know seven would. layer fruit salad, maybe. But anyway. <laughs> well tell me about your Thanksgiving. Like I know, you said you were at the game, so what, what happened that morning? You say you probably had to pick up a few folks? Yeah, we okay. did. Like I
1: said to <laughs> yeah, work a little bit on Thanksgiving. They weren't carpooling. I tell, tell you that. what I did enjoy because I didn't leave for the game till late. Um I I got to get out and just kind of walk. And I mm-hmm. have one of those I don't know what the right adjective would be, but it's like a euphoric, I guess you'd say. It's like a it was mm-hmm. just a really it was a really cool Norman Rockwell visual. My little walking jogging pattern mm-hmm. is, you know, I go down here and I go up Clayton Street, kind of towards St. Luke, uh, and I can I can dictate my mileage based on that one road on Clayton. You know, I can go two miles or three miles, you know, whatever. But I decided to come down Magnolia, which is my street, on the when it curves off of Clayton right there, and right at the bottom of that hill, the corner of uh, Magnolia and whatever that street that goes across. Yeah. There's one of these, like, crazy yellow-orange trees. Oh, the pretty tree, yeah. Really pretty. The wind picked up. And as I'm walking, I've got good music in my ear mm-hmm. and uh, leaves are just blowing all around. It was the most fall thing I've ever seen in my life. Like that
0: beautiful scene for Tommy Boy after his dad dies and he's walking and all the trees. That's tree-
1: exactly literally the same moment I had. Yeah, I know exactly That's what you're talking about. That's the moment
0: I yeah. had. Kind of a, 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 not a cloud, not a sunny day, but like, you know what I mean, a, a, fall, oh, yeah. a fall day.
1: And it, it was chilly, but don't get me wrong. It was just like, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about what song. I was just like, wow. Yeah. I'm just going to stop for a second. I even paused my little exercise out to just so i could stop to take it in just let the leaves hit me as it it was
0: cool man man you know i'll be i'm gonna i know we're talking thanksgiving and stuff but i'll just speak to this us as humans right now in 2019 especially we don't we don't take things in enough no we don't you know what i mean we're too busy we got our we're we're zombies we got our face buried in our phone and you know all of our devices and our screen time and stuff like that but we, we need to take it in more. No, um, we, do, we um, do. I go to concerts. I have my phone out too much. Sure. When I'm driving down the road on a road trip in the mountains, I have my phone out too much. I appreciate you doing what you did because that, well, that kind of makes me more accountable in, in the things that sure. I do. I need to put my phone away.
1: Well, you, 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 we speak to that, man. And, like, I, I have that same similar. Like, if I go to a concert, you know, I want to say, oh, man, look where I was. Yeah. But it's so much more cooler if you can tell somebody what happened it is if you show them.
0: Yeah. Speaking of concerts, I made David Shaw from the Revivalist a pair of blue jeans today.
1: Yeah. I heard. <laughs> About that, but anyway, still waiting you, for that Magnolia Block Party show.
0: They're supposed to be putting on. We'll We'll work on that. We'll work on that. <laughs> but you know, um, I went on a trip for Thanksgiving myself. You did? I did. Yeah. Uh, I went. To my I have two really good friends of mine. Um, one of my lifelong best friends, a guy like a brother to me, is Chad Flowers. Are uh, you here to speak about Reed Flowers, football coach at Houston? Chad is his older brother, and uh, Chad lives out in Sacramento with his wife Ashley. And Chad's from North Pontiac, um, and. I went and spent my Thanksgiving with them. Uh, they're, they're, they're fostering a child right now. Yeah. And I wanted to be a part of that. You know, those things are kind of always... Uncle uh, B. Uncle B. You're an Uncle B to a lot of Uncle people. Uncle BB. Yeah, everybody loves me. Um, You know, and those kind of things. Not only do I love Ashley and Chad, but I want to support them in what they do. You know, and uh, the foster system is, from what I can tell from my other friends that have done it, and talking with Ashley and Chad, it's such a... Uh, A tough life to live. You know what I mean. The the child might be there this Thanksgiving, but you know, in a year, might be back with his biological folks. Sure. Or you know, later on, maybe. I mean, it's just weird. You never know what they're going to do. But spending this Thanksgiving with them was really special. I mean, they're they're tremendous parents, and uh, they've grown into, into great humans. And uh, it's, it's really special to see them doing something I've never seen them do before. And uh, it, was cool to spend, no doubt. it was cool to spend the holiday with it them.
1: It takes special people to do that.
0: It really does. And they have kind hearts. Man, they, they showed me uh, the best sights of Sacramento. i had been out there a few times. Uh, but Chad, uh, knowing I'm a Southern guy at heart, he cooked me a real Southern Thanksgiving meal. Love that. Uh, got a Popeye's chicken. Or turkey, excuse Dude, me. Papa's somebody
1: else they got one too. Was it good? It was
0: delicious. I don't know what they inject into it, but it's fantastic. Did it, it did.
1: come in like the black and orange wrapper? Because the picture yeah. I saw with yeah. it, that's so Yeah, awesome. it comes in the
0: cool wrapper. Uh, Chad did that. He made corn casserole, uh, some straight fire mashed potatoes, and uh, an apple crisp dessert that was off the chain.
1: You had me at apple crisp. There's something about, you know, I, I'm an apple pie guy myself, yeah. but like apple crisp, like that mm-hmm. crunch, mm-hmm. man, the way that if he did it good, then I'm proud oh, he, of you.
0: He did it better than good. He did it great. Oh, it was man. so good. Um And, uh of course, on Friday, we went and ate some dim sum. I'm a big fan of the Asian cuisine now, you know. You told me about that. Dim sum's cool, man. So we went and ate that, and it was really good. And um, we went to a really cool brewery out there. It was like an outdoor brewery. It was not like an outdoor brewery. It was an outdoor brewery called Drake's. And, um... The structure that the thing was in was looked like something from the Flintstones. It was like in the middle of a oh, rock cool. quarry, and it was really cool. But uh, I met some locals out there, and uh, they're really good folks out west. Um, not everything is so doom and gloom. L.A., no lie, L.A. sucks, but Sacramento's a cool Sacramento
1: town. is kind of where S- you settle.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, somebody said, describe Sacramento for me. And I thought about it, and I said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. Sacramento is a, it's a little bit bigger, nicer Memphis. I like that. I mean, they've got one pro team, the Kings. Sure. They have a minor league baseball team. They have an up-and-coming MLS soccer team, Memphis yeah. has Club Nine Hundred One. Their uh, their city is kind of the same. They got a downtown, a midtown, and out east. I like it. Memphis is really similar. So when I go out to Sacramento, it kind of it's a, it's a really good thing. And, and seeing people like Ashley and Chad, it really helps my mental health. Like coming sure. over and hanging out with you, just Absolutely. being able to talk Man. to somebody and no that uh, that you know cares about you and loves you. It's just always a good thing during the holidays. We've talked about it. Both of my parents have passed. My siblings have a different mother. You know, we're either we're step or half. So they go do their thing. And uh, the holidays are tough for folks. I'm one of those sure. people. And uh, this time of year is always easier when you when you find people like that. So it's I'll really cool. you were able to take that trip. For, for sure, about. for sure. But uh, while I was out there, a lot of stuff happened.
1: I mean a lot of stuff.
0: You know, um, Thursday was a big day in the state for more than one reason. It was kind of like the best of times and worst of times. Sure, And today is. And what I mean by that is... Uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs won a really hotly contested game. Um, shout out to you guys for winning, uh, persevering in a really odd finish. Very, very odd. And finish. you were at the game. I sure was. So, I want you to tell me your thoughts on what transpired in in uh, in progress. You know what I mean, as it was happening. And then I want to tell you my thoughts on the Ole Miss situation in particular at the end of the game sure. as an Ole Miss fan. So tell me what happened in there.
1: Well, just from a fan perspective,
0: it's so, way different in stadium.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt. I was worried before the game. I went with the I went to the game with my good friend Jared Wesson. Uh, we of a dude. We got our our seats from uh, Russ Snead, who we had season tickets with forever. But him and his wife and kids couldn't go, so he he gave us his seats. And we're really really grateful for that. But uh, we're in club level, and Jared wanted and I wanted to get there for Senior Day and have time to settle and eat. Uh, and we got there, and we were there about twenty minutes before the game started. And Brian, there may have been fifteen thousand people there, and we got a little concerned. I know. Because if there's ever anything that sways an egg bowl, it's a home crowd, for sure. Yeah, we've seen it. And man, did I, it it amazes me actually how many people got through those gates in that 20 minutes. Because by the time that thing kicked off, that sucker was full. A, as a
0: late day. arriving crowd, right? I mean, it but was that's full. how egg bowl crowds are. It is it how, every year. It's a you tough go, man, day ain't nobody, ain't nobody coming. It's hunting season. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, we're not real good. And then all of a sudden, there's 40k in there.
1: And I think that a lot of people got a wild hair late and was like, you know what? We're 5 and 6, they're 4 and 7, I ain't going. Then it got to be about 4 o'clock and was like, well, I can't get nobody to get these tickets. I'm getting in the car and I'm
0: going. And a lot of people want to see the circus. A hundred percent. Well, if we lose, our Jomo's gone. Yeah.
1: I mean, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's – Well, and from – as far as the game is concerned, I was really concerned as a state fan early. Scripted drive, which everybody does, Mm -hmm. but I'm telling you, Ole Miss came out guns blazing. John Rice – and Ely were just absolutely interchangeable on that. They they ran that old that LSU pitch play. Well, Ely coughed one up. Mm -hmm. And and if he didn't, let me say this, Mm -hmm. if he did not cough that up and they finished that drive, Ole Miss may have rolled. For sure. They really may have rolled because they had something figured out, and it just completely took the air out of their offense when he fumbled that ball. And it was a good play on State's part, no, no, no doubt. State went down, got points, obviously. Um Midway through the second quarter, it was the exact opposite. State had all the momentum, was all moving of it. the chains. You thought they were going to run away with it. Well, then halftime came, and Ole Miss clawed their way back in. Got a couple, you know. And we're here, we are looking at it. You know, we're like, all right, here it's just, just an another old, old ad- fashioned <laughs> egg bowl. Here we go. Yeah. Third quarter, pretty, pretty, not a lot of drama. It was really the dullest the game was was mm-hmm. in the third quarter. There wasn't a lot of offense. I think it might
0: have been when I took a nap.
1: A lot of back and forth, three and outs, turnovers, you know. it was, uh, And then the game changed late. Yeah, it did. And about, I think about nine minutes left in the game, knotted at 14. State goes on a big, long drive. Mm-hmm. Schrader made a great play. Kylan had several big runs during the, the drive. And Schrader actually, before I go much further, I, as good of a game as Kylan had and as good as State's defense played, the player of the game was Garrett Schrader. For sure. As cool and collected as he was, the numbers don't really stand out. I mean, he did, he had two rushing touchdowns. Don't get me wrong; he was part of the scoring, obviously. But he was only ten of fourteen passing, but for eighty-two yards. But he was he was ten of fourteen. He wasn't mm-hmm. ten of twenty-three. He made the right throws when he had to. Made some big throws on some third and he, and he didn't mediums. have to throw it twenty-three times. No, and and it was just that type of game, man. Well, then you know, of course, everybody at this point knows how the game ended. Um, I I mean, of course, we can all sit back and look back and say, what if? But Corral really gave Ole Miss a spark yeah, yeah. late in that game to get back in it. Um, the last drive of the game was the most egg bowl thing I have ever seen. Here we are. State's got all the momentum in the world. The place is absolutely rocking. There's 50,000 cowbells mm-hmm. just, just ringing throughout the stadium. And State – Corral's on second and 13, throws a ball in the middle of the field, and Errol Thompson hits him in the numbers, and he doesn't catch it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, no way. Mm -hmm. Well, then Ole Miss gets a penalty, and State gets a sack. So, here we are fourth and 24. And I'm already hugging Jared. I'm like, hey, man, we won. This is awesome. And then Mississippi State gets in a prevent. But the only thing they prevented was the first down marker. Right. That was it. The the three deep high safeties dropped to the marker and stopped. Now I'll say this: Corral did not throw a great ball. He just threw it to the open guy,
0: and he also didn't run the play as called.
1: Well, and and here's the thing: <laughs> Had he have led, uh, is it Braylon Sanders? He'd have been six. If he would have led him, he would have been in the end zone. Mm-hmm. There was nobody, but he underthrew it,
0: and he was under pressure. I Re- get it. Really wish braden Sanders would have caught the dang ball. But,
1: but you know, yeah, for the touchdown that is. Oh yeah, but uh, you know they converted, and then there was a what I thought, and here's the thing: this is very, very controversial. There was what, what I thought was a bad call with a rubber. for the passer. Pass. Yeah. Here's the thing: it I was agree. the right call because of call. how he got hit, but. There was no malicious intent. And the guy was coming down. The guy down. jumped. Yeah. And to, to swat the ball down and pretty much just landed in the chest of, of in the chin. Of, yeah. It, of, it's
0: it's one thing when a defender is coming down after trying to make a play. Yes. It's another thing when he comes up through the quarterback. He was just,
1: yeah. it was just like, you know, you know collateral but, damage. But I get why they called it. I yeah. do. I totally yeah. get why they called it. Had to be called there. It did. And, uh, you know, a couple plays later, uh, Ole Miss gets down deep. And now here's what I, I thought was kind of, I, I didn't understand why. But I guess I get it. You know, if you put John Rice in the game right there when they get in the red zone, you know they're not throwing it. Right. I think Corral did offer up that. And, you know, he wound up making a play that got him in the end zone. Absolutely. I don't know that John Rice makes that play. He may have ran it in. Right. But you knew what was coming. Well, and Elijah Moore made a great play. He did. And then you saw what everybody saw and what everybody's seen since. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now... I want to hear your take on this, Brian, because I, I've got one of my own, and I'm pretty sure it's probably similar.
0: Well, I got a big. I mean, I mean, I'll speak to my side of the Ole Miss sure, as I'm watching sure. this game. Uh, we go down and score. Uh, well, first of all, fourth and twenty-four play. I'm doing the same thing as you. I'm yeah. putting on my shoes. Games over. I'm putting yeah. on my shoes to go outside and lament, and do whatever I'm about to do sure. out there, and you know, drink, kill a beer, do whatever. Um, scream into the California night. Um, we scored. I, s- I knew it. Like as soon as he caught the ball. I knew something dumb was about to happen. I mean, I 100% knew a premeditated dumb maneuver. You cannot tell me that that was a spur of the moment thing. No. Many moons ago, he decided if I score in the egg bowl, I'm peeing on this. I'm doing what I'm doing what DK did. I'm gonna give him like a shout out, an homage. Well, all right. Now that that's out of the way, I saw him going to do it. He did it. I knew immediately. 15 yards. Okay. That's all good and well. Here's my thoughts on it as an old Miss guy. As an old Miss guy, it broke my heart because I knew as soon I knew as soon as he did it that Luke Logan knew he wasn't making extra point. Like I mean, everybody's getting on Luke Logan. How in the hell did he not make a 35 yarder? Look, Luke Logan can make a 35 yarder. He can. Okay, He's, it's about his about the only thing he can make. You know? Sure. But he knew when that penalty got called that he was in trouble. You could see it on his face. You know what I mean? And when he missed the kick and he fell over. It wasn't one of those, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed that. It was, oh, my God, I knew I was going to miss that. I'll let everybody down. So, anyway, now that that's all been said, I want to speak to my real issue. Elijah Moore doing what he did. Um, man, he's, he's, he's a kid. He got caught up in the emotion of a big rivalry game. I bet he's heard 365 days of trash talk on Twitter. And he let his emotions get the better of him. There are three, three people to blame in this situation. Elijah Moore for doing what he did. Luke Logan for not being able to 35 yard extra point slash field goal. And Matt Luke for not having the discipline in his program for that not to have happened. That would not have happened in Alabama. That would not have happened at Ingomar High School. That would not happen in a lot of places. Okay. Now, the real issue with me is this. And I guess you would say justice was served yesterday or today. The fact that we went into a, a, a post game press conference after Elijah Moore did what he did and after Luke Logan missed the field goal, and they asked Matt Luke, How much did that penalty affect your extra point? And he said, Well, it affects us a lot. Would you have gone for two? And he said, No, we were going to line up and go for the extra point going to overtime. He should have been fired immediately right then. You're four and seven. You have nothing to play for, and you're playing your biggest rival in Starkville. Line up on the two yard line, put John Rice Plummie in there, and Rich Rod figure out how to get two yards. That is my problem. And it fixed itself. An 18 or 19-year-old kid dog peed on the sideline and another 18 or 19-year-old kid missed a 35-yard kick with his foot through uprights in a pressure-filled situation. Of the three that are most to blame, Matt Luke was the most to blame. Your kids don't do that. If you run a tight ship, that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Uh, Elijah Moore never thinks to do that. You think Henry Ruggs would have done that for Alabama if he'd have scored on Auburn the other day to make it a two-point game? No, sir. Now, he might have acted a fool after the final buzzer, but that would not have happened. And things like that get you fired, and that's what happened. Um, Karma came around, and I'm extremely excited for the Mississippi State fan base for winning a game that they deserved to win because you don't get rewarded in sports for the three things that happened there. It wasn't just the peeing. It was the field goal and the lack of overall discipline in the program. Um, Karma also came around with Matt Corral. Leading us down the field after kind of being an afterthought all year, getting the biggest score of the season. i to have it undermined by somebody. And uh, based on what might happen in the coaching search, he probably could go out west and flourish somewhere. You know, uh, I hope we hire somebody that keeps him in town because we need him. Uh, but Ole Miss didn't deserve to win the game. They fumbled early, killed our momentum. Uh, played pretty conservative football. And the reason I say this is after that first drive, I think John Rice had 38 yards on 14 carries. Something crazy like that, not a very good game. But early on, he opened up the passing game. He opened up your defense with some passes. Coverage wasn't real good for Mississippi State. And I began questioning right then, Why is first quarter, why is Matt Corral not in the game? They're soft. Put him in. Put him in. Put him in. And the fourth quarter proved, I mean, I know y'all were in prevent defense, but still, he can throw it. Y'all, was, he made some big
1: passes. He really when did. He came in earlier,
0: and he came out in the after the game was over, and he pretty much said, "I didn't like the play that was called on fourth and twenty-four, and I called my own play." Legit, another lack of discipline example. I mean, let's be real. If you see something, maybe so, but you don't just undermine what your coach called, you know. And, he, and then, you, even if you do, you don't tell everybody in the public afterwards. So, my overall take on it is there were three people to blame. And there was probably a fourth person to blame. Whoever put Matt Luke in that situation to be the head coach, because he wasn't ready for it. He got the program kind of stable, but we went six and six, five and seven, and four and eight. Things are trending downward. You know, we lost Shea Patterson. He transferred out. All these people are leaving. The people that want to leave now, Ole Miss, cool, go. I don't care. I do not care. If you don't have big enough set to stick around Oxford. When you're about to get a better football coach and have a better situation with an athletic director who's behind you and a, and a fan base that actually might want to come to games now because there was going to be nobody in the stands next year, then go ahead and go. We're, I'm cool with that. We'll play with what's here. And in two years, after we hire somebody, we'll be better. We'll be better for it. But the Egg Bowl, um, I guess I would say this. We were both winners and we were both losers. I can. That's just an honest opinion.
1: That's a, that's a strong...
0: Both sides. We, we were both there, winners and both losers. And here's why I say this. We lost the game. We probably won in the coaching department. We got rid of Matt Luke. And I hate a hate guy I got fired, but he got paid $17 million to leave. It sucks for his staff. That's what it sucks for. But Matt Luke's okay. So, all of y'all won the game. But you might not have won with you guys sticking around. That's just my opinion. I think stability's good. That's awesome. But I don't think you're going to be much better. I think your sure. players are going to be better, but I I just I don't see a galvanized fan base behind Joe Moorhead. Sure. Right you and know, it's not. And and th- and that's what I'm getting at. I mean, I'm not saying he's got to go. I think he actually honest to goodness probably deserves a raise. After, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean after what he did in my opinion, um f- taking all the crap that he took all year long, winning a big game, uh he finally did what everybody wanted. He played Garrett Schrader for the entire game and look what happened. Y'all no won. Um but like I said, I think we're both winners, both losers. It'll be interesting to see what happens this recruiting cycle. If Ole Miss does not hire good and quick, we're going to be two years behind. Sure. But, I, but I think it's a risk we had to take. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, it's a lot like the Memphis Tiger basketball search a few years ago. If we would not have fired Matt Luke, we were delaying the inevitable. you were going to have one more year of half the season tickets this year sold. Right. There was going to be a lot of apathy, as Keith Carter said in his, uh, in his thing, and it was going to be tougher to get a coach in a year. I mean, yeah, no, you, I mean
1: I mean I am I'm, I'm with you on
0: that. that. that's just my opinion on it as an Ole miss guy. Um Matt Luke is a heck of a gentleman. I thought he was a subpar coach. I think his staff was okay. Uh, and it's unfortunate for them, but the thing about his staff is they're gonna land on their feet. You know what I mean? Rich Rod's gonna be fine. Uh he had enough good guys out there, they're gonna be okay. They're,
1: they're and Mike McIntyre's the interim.
0: He's the interim. And uh if they don't find the right guy, I mean, hell, he might be the coach. Based
1: on everything else that's <laughs> gone on in Oxford the past I mean, eight months, then Mike McIntyre may be the front runner.
0: Yeah, I wish they would have named somebody – I wish they would have named a really good football coach as the head of the search committee because that's who always gets the job in Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, man, that's just my thinking. Like, you know, um, it sucked we lost, but there's more than one person to blame. And as much as I want to come down on Elijah Moore, man, I have done dumb stuff too. And I haven't done it playing my arch rival on Thanksgiving in the biggest game of the year. I mean, like, who's to know what I would have done? I mean, right. I would have made a give, – given a DX suck it sign and gotten 30 yards worth of penalties for all I know. But um, it was a really tough day, but I, I think Ole Miss's football program will be better for the loss. So I really do. That's just, my, that's just my thinking on it. What's your what's your, what's your thought as a state fan?
1: Well, b- before I jump in the state side of things, I, I do have a comment. And I I, I have been – one of those people that has been a supporter of Matt Luke, mm-hmm. now obviously I'm not buying right. Ole Miss up because I'm a state fan, but uh, I like Matt Luke, mm-hmm. and I think he, I think Ole Miss means a lot to him, absolutely. And one thing that you spoke to that I really do sympathize with is that he was not ready for this situation, and you put him behind mm-hmm. the eight ball. Yep, it's not. It yeah, I mean, and I, I, I can say this, and I, I speak to this kind of similar to. Sylvester Crew. hmm He took a lot of crap that was not in his favor when he got the job. And did probably the best he could with it. Yeah, I remember, and I feel like Matt Luke did the best he could. Yeah, and,
0: you know, I remember Sylvester Croom cleaning house, getting rid of a bunch of guys who were subpar so characters that had yeah, could play that had bad character issues. You know, right? And and unfortunately, you know, the SEC is not the place that you can really do that. No, especially it's not. in the SEC West right now. You cannot. You cannot. There's no grace period anymore. Right. You know, and if Gus Malzahn doesn't win the Iron Bowl, he's done. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just it's a week to week thing. I thought Matt was safe. And then word came out a couple of days ago donor money's coming together. There are people who matter trying to make this work. And when those people get together in the same room or on the same phone it's decided. call, it's decided.
1: Well, let, and let me say this. This is one issue that I've got as far as that's concerned. I, it's not going to affect me one way, whether, right, yeah, whether yeah. Matt Luke's a coach at Ole Miss or not. But what I don't like, and I can't speak to this because I don't know him personally, but I think, and this is maybe for a completely separate podcast i think the direction of the university itself and this is not the one i attended this is the one that i grew up as a little kid hating but i've grown as i've gotten older to respect it and what it is and what it means to this state i think the direction of the university is the problem more so than the athletics true that and i think when the whole thing with glenn boyce went down i don't know glenn boyce he may do a great job as who is glenn boyce <laughs> I have no but, idea. but my, my point is is I think that the IHL, the college board, is trying to ruin the University of Mississippi, and I don't know why. I don't either. But everything bad that happens starts at the top. I don't care what you do if you're in a, li- if for what, a living. What's
0: the old thing? Crap trickles down from the top? That's you know exactly what I mean? right.
1: Yeah. You know, when you flush a toilet, it doesn't go up. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying Ole Miss is a toilet, but I'm what I'm saying right is... Right now is there's some crappy stuff. There's some crappy stuff coming out. And, you know... I think about this. Just let's let's just be real here. Six days ago, Keith Carter was interviewed mm-hmm. and was asked, "What's your thoughts as the new athletic director on football?" Matt's our guy. We're hundred. We're voting him a hundred percent. The issue I have, and I have with any program, is the fact that five days later, it's a completely different tune. Yeah. So like you said, what happened happened. Right. Those boosters got together and they told Keith Carter what he's going to do. Not that Keith necessarily probably wasn't thinking the same thing. Money talks. But money does talk and that's the issue I've got is I think the biggest question for Ole Miss moving forward is the same thing that kind of Tennessee went through this year. Mm -hmm. They're ready to get rid of Jamie Pruitt after Georgia State. Mm -hmm. After Dan Ellington from ICC ripped him up for 400 yards. If you don't get a guy that you can't give time mm-hmm. to do what he needs to do to get it moving in the right direction, who's ever going to be good enough? Right. I think Ole Miss's biggest problem is its past. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about from the racial standpoint. No, 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 I agree. I'm talking about from the fact that most people that have that money that you're talking about, the teams that were there when they were in school had Archie Manning at quarterback. Yeah. And Johnny Vaught on that side. Mm-hmm. Let me say this, and this is a speak to both before I jump into Mississippi State real quick. I think Ole Miss, as a fan base, as a culture, as a university, as a culture, has got to change the way that they think. You're right. And look at things as we are not Alabama and we are not Harvard, but we are good at what we're good at. In other words, there's a lot of things Ole Miss does have to be proud of. And I think that you celebrate those things and be happy that they are the way they are, and the, the, at, from a state fan's perspective, one thing that we've always said, and everybody I've ever known, is well, Ole Miss thinks they're supposed to be playing for a national championship every year. There's people like you in this world, and a lot of them out there that are the majority, I would think, that are realistic. Yeah, for sure. You know that that don't that don't think like that. But then there's that, that there's one thing that Ole Miss needs to do. To me, and that is capture Mississippi back. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about as football recruits. I'm talking about getting kids that want to go to Ole Miss because it's a great university. right? Not because Eli Manning is the quarterback Mm -hmm. or you just signed Johnny Five Star from wherever. For sure. And you didn't get into Texas or Georgia. Go after Mississippi kids because that's Mm -hmm. the people I care about. That's where I live.
0: Yeah.
1: And And I don't care if they go to state, Ole Miss, Southern, Jackson State, wherever.
0: Well, our most memorable teams – have been led by Mississippi kids. Uh, so let's just, let's just say, for instance, let's go back to the dark ages when Johnny Vaughn was coaching there, before you and I were even a thought, before our, when our parents were still kids. Um, they won with Mississippi kids. Archie's from Drew. Exactly. You know what I mean? They won with guys from Indianola. They won from guys from Columbus. They won from guys from Clarksdale. Yeah. They won from guys from Jackson. In the 80s, we won with Mississippi guys. I, I know. In the 90s. We won with Mississippi guys, Stuart Patridge. I mean, Corey Peterson's from Germantown, Tennessee. But I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. Right across the border. And then we won with Eli. I mean, well, yeah, he's from New Orleans, but let's be real.
1: He's an Ole Miss guy. Eli,
0: Manning, Eli Manning's an Ole Miss guy.
1: He is Ole Miss. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, Patrick Willis came from Brewston, Tennessee. That might as well be Mississippi. I mean, you know right. what I mean? I mean, 100%. so Hugh kind of got us away from that. And when you're recruiting on a national level, much like guys like John Calipari do sure. in basketball, you don't have to recruit kids from Kentucky or Memphis. No. You know, you get the ones from everywhere else. He was doing that. Well, when your program kind of gets in trouble, and you got to start all the way over, you got to get to your base, your foundation. Mississippi kids, you're exactly right.
1: And that was what was going to lead me into my next mm-hmm. point. As far as Matt Luke was yeah. concerned, he did that. He did that. John mm-hmm. Rice Plumley, Jerry and Eli mm-hmm. Snoop Connor. You know, you look at these kids; they're regional yep. kids to Ole Miss, yep. and whoever is at the helm moving forward will be served better because of. Yep. That. And I think, and,
0: and I guess, after me saying what I said about Matt, I would like to wrap it up with two things here. One thing: Ole Miss fans and supporters unrightfully have an inferiority complex. We we think, you know, where I said a few year, a few weeks ago that State had the inferiority complex, to us. It's not true. We have one. It is, that is true, but yes. we also have one to Alabama and Auburn and LSU. Right. Why? Look, we've never, we have not been on that level since the '60s. Even when Archie was here, we weren't on that level. Let's be real, right? You know, I mean, um, my thing is an is an Ole Miss fan. I don't think we should be winning championships, but I think we should be competing every year, striving and, for it. Yes. If you're not trying to win championships, what are you here for? You know what I mean? Like, are we probably going to win? It? We've never won one, like a real one. You know what I mean? So. No, you, you,
1: you play in the toughest conference in America, yeah. in the toughest division yeah. of the toughest conference. If
0: in we were to ever win one, is because we have the best player in the country and a tremendous quarterback and something. It'd be Jerry and Ely in three years wins the Heisman, and John Rice Plum is the best quarterback in the SEC. That's how we win. I mean, I'm just, I'm right. just theoretically speaking. Um, but Ole Miss fans have a chip on their shoulder. They need to get rid of right. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just being real. Like, and that is causing a lot of problem in our athletics department. You got people want to get rid of Bianco. You got people already mad at Kermit. I know. I mean, get out of here with that trash. You know what I mean? Um, I almost need to chill out. And that's the first thing. And I'll, in that part, was saying the Matt Luke thing was necessary, which leads to my second point. Matt served his purpose. He did. A, a ship was sinking, heading in the wrong direction, and he got it going in a direction. Right keep it from sinking, sure, and you know, and, and, and like you said and the
1: one thing that I guess I, I've had such a beef with this because, like I said, I'm indifferent mm-hmm. on this. It yeah. doesn't matter. I have a f- school I focus on that yeah. my allegiance is to. The thing that I don't like seeing is these the, the Twitter keyboard cowboys. Mm-hmm. Nobody should ever celebrate when somebody loses their job. No, man. you can be happy that your program's moving in with another direction without publicly verbalizing yeah. them through a through a, a a medium.
0: Yeah, and you know, um. As you notice, I didn't celebrate it on Twitter. No, you did And and here's why I don't. Um, I've coached before like at the high school level. Uh, My father was a high school basketball coach for 35 years. Um, My entire life, I grew up in kitchens having coaches meetings and at summer camp around guys. I could probably, there's 200 basketball coaches right now in my brain that I could rattle off and football coaches and baseball coaches. And there was nothing sadder than when one of them would call my dad and say, man, got let go. Or I got non-renewed. Or had to resign or got moved to administration. Yeah. Or they took away, my like, there's nothing worse than that. And they're calling said, hey, man, you know, I can I get a job? Or you got a spot? Or can you make a call? And that's what's going on right now. You yeah. know I mean? In Oxford, the only person probably not looking for a job is Matt Luke. Yeah. Just being real. Um, and McIntyre, because he's the interim. But he will be soon, sure. depending on the hire. Um, so there's nothing to, there's no reason to gloat in somebody else's somebody right. else misfortune. You,
1: you don't gain any value by being correct on Twitter.
0: No, and another thing that does bother uh, me—I don't like people giving backhanded, wouldn't be a compliment, like praising Keith Carter. Like, right. stepping up and doing what you're supposed to do, making a big decision. Man, he's athletic director. This is a tough decision. He just fired right. a friend.
1: Yeah, they went to school together. They went
0: to school together. Yeah, that's about to say. I mean, this is a guy that he probably went to fraternity parties with right. and had a beer with on the square, and he had to fire him. He had This guy was on the recruiting trail doing his best for Ole Miss, and Keith had to fire him. And that's what I wanted to say. Shout out to Matt Luke for doing what he was supposed to do. I really think he did the best he could. I'm not sliding the man at all. Me too. Did he do as good as we wanted him to? No. We all wanted him to succeed. We wanted the Ole Miss guy well, to and do unless it. Unless
1: your last name is Sweeney or Sabin, nobody has done what you've wanted them to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, um, so shout out to him for for keeping the ship afloat. And like you said, man, the next guy that comes in does not have a bare cupboard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 50 freshmen.
1: Yeah. Freshmen and rich If they stay. Freshmen.
0: If they stay. And I think they'd be foolish not to. Yeah. If I was Matt Corral, I'd stick around for a little bit. Um, I don't know who's going to be the next coach, but I do believe it'll be more balance friendly. I don't think Rich Rod will be around. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, Depending on the hire, depending on the money thrown at him, there could be a, a McIntyre stipulation because he is an old Miss guy from back sure. in the day. I could see Keith saying, you need to keep this guy around, especially if you don't have anybody, whoever the new coach is going to be, you know, in mind. Um, but um, Jerry Neely, John Rush Plumley. Uh, some handful of linemen, some recruits coming in that could change the game, but guys like Eli Acker Columbus who have yeah. not decommitted yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see. This reminds me of a poor man's version of when Ed Orgeron left and Houston Nutt took over. I agree. I hope we hire a much better coach in Houston Nutt. <laughs> but what I mean is there are some players in place. Maybe not NFL players, but there are some legit players guys in place. Guys that can win in this conference. Yeah. Uh, maybe like when a Tuberville left and Cut took over. Sure. This is kind of a similar situation even though the team's under were better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which leads me to kind of my next thought of who I think I would like to see in Oxford. Yeah. I would like Mike Norvell in the worst way. I don't know what I would have to do to get Mike Norvell as the head coach and Will Hall from Tulane as my offensive coordinator, maybe as the next coach. Because best case scenario, and I mean, I'm being honest with you, um, we've had people talk to us and stuff, and – this is not the 60s. People don't stay around for 20 years, 25 years at the school. You know what I mean? Even Saban has only been in Alabama, what, 10, 12 years? Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been that long. And he probably doesn't have too many more left because he's getting older. Yeah. A guy like Dabo's not going to be at Clemson forever. Um, I think at its best, Ole Miss is either a jumping off point for somebody on the rise or it's a place for a fallen star to come get their footing. I never want it to be a place where a has-been or a retreat comes anymore. I don't want a Houston nut. I don't want a Les Miles coming in from Kansas. Give me Mike Norvell. Give me Lane Kiffin, somebody who fell on the way up. Give me a Bill Clark at UAB, somebody who took a program that was discontinued. Yeah. Um, give me a Napier. Give me somebody like that. Um, uh, the guy at LSU, the uh, defensive coordinator. What's oh, his name? Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda. Like that. I don't want Pete Golden. I'm sorry. I don't right. want Pete Golden. They've they, they proven they can't stop anybody right now. Don't give me somebody who's going to be fired at Alabama in a year. Right. I don't want that. Give me give me somebody <laughs> hot. And, you know what I mean? I know exactly. Yeah, I mean, so that's just kind of my thinking. Um, a lot of people in Oxford, they're they're going to want a defensive guy. They're going to want somebody a little different. We need a niche. Hugh beat Alabama twice because we were different, and we need that right now. That's why I think Norvell – Same
1: reason Gus beats him every mm-hmm. other couple years in Auburn.
0: By the way, I want to talk about something in a minute with that. I I that ball. But um, I I really – if if it was a perfect world, I'd have Mike Norvell. Sure. Because I think he already has good recruiting ties in the area. It's, it's, he would fit. he would salvage this recruiting cycle, and, and maybe, even, maybe drag even make one it, or two along. Yeah, maybe even make it better. Because uh, uh, there are guys that weren't going to Memphis that Mike Norvell has recruited because it's Memphis that are SEC level guys, and if Mike Norvell ends up at an SEC level school, there's some guys who might have been looking at a Georgia, yeah, or a Tennessee, who who might make the trick. So if I had my wish list, I'd probably go Norvell, uh, Bill Clark. Uh, Napier, the Napier guy, and not on my list at all that Ole Miss people are talking about right now. And I've said it before that I wanted him, but my tune has changed a little bit. I don't want Mike Leach. I do not want him. Uh, I think he's reached that point where he's gone from scientist to mad scientist. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's almost a get off my lawn oh, kind of rails. guy. And if he comes to Oxford with no players for a year or two, he could be miserable. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of my thinking, but, um, what you're thinking as a, as a guy from down the street, what would what would you be thinking right now? Who if I'm
1: do, Ole Miss? Yeah, what
0: would you be thinking if you're Ole Miss? And who do you not want to see if you're a state guy?
1: As Who do I not want to yeah. see? Who do
0: you not want to see? I know you're not scared of us, but you know what I mean. Who do you not want to see?
1: I definitely would be terrified of a Napier, mm-hmm. of j- just from the perspective of – Spent a lot of time on Sabin staff, and you know I've read up a little bit on this guy, and he's a hot name right now. And, yeah. and uh, I would not want to see Matt Caldwell at Iowa, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got it going on. Uh, and as good as Juco is here, that's kind of his thing. He knows how to find those guys in Juco and really do yeah. them. And that's what to, you
0: need in a rebuilding time. You know, who, need guys who, who goes to, to
1: Iowa State and wins? Matt Caldwell. Yeah. Uh, I definitely don't want to see Matt rule. Uh, at Baylor, and I don't think he'll leave based ba- on the success. And
0: Baylor has too much money. Yeah, People don't right. know about the money Baylor has. Oh, Baylor yeah. has real. That's money. a
1: that's a that's a, uh, uh, a medical school. Yeah, that's God's like sakes.
0: that's like SMU. SMU doesn't necessarily put a lot of options and and what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, money into their football yeah. program, but if they wanted to, they could. Oh, yeah. you know, there's way more money there than you think. But. Um, Matt Ruell Nor- so Norvell
1: would definitely scare me, you know, because and like I said, like you said, I don't think Norvell would be there long. I think that mm-hmm. he would be great for Old Miss and then somebody would come calling with a yeah. bigger paycheck. And I'd be
0: really okay with that. Yeah. I'd, I'd help him pack. Yeah. If he does good enough to go somewhere else, cool, man.
1: Um what I think you're I don't think you're going to wind up with Norvell. I don't either. Just because I think he's I want him, but I don't think we're going to In other him. words, I've always kind of thought this as far as coaching searches are concerned. I don't think anybody wants to go anywhere kind of in their backyard where they think they're probably a little better than right now. True. Because I think that Norvell probably thinks that Memphis is a better situation than Oxford right now.
0: Well, I agree. And Next year they'll be better. Like Memphis got it right back. Oh, my gosh. But the one thing that changes everything, and there's one man in particular, his name is Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> <It's
1: insane. laughs> he changes a lot of people's And I
0: lives. do know that Mike Norvell is represented – by Jimmy Sexton. So, whoever Jimmy Sexton tells, Ole Miss to Hire, more times than not, they're going to hire. And so, pretty much
1: whoever Jimmy Sexton tells anybody, yeah, to hire,
0: yeah. they get hired. So that's kind of that's kind of my thing. You know, there's one. He, he holds
1: could. more. Co- he is the most powerful man in college football after Greg Sankey, and then whoever the head of the NCAA is, uh, Don Emmett.
0: I think he's more powerful than them. You know. It may
1: be more powerful than both.
0: Because mm-hmm. I mean, if he wanted to, he could put it in all of it. Yeah, he could. Yeah, Saban, you're going to go coach the. The The Bills and so and so. Dabo, you're going over here and so and so over here. Who you got? You know I mean, like, yeah. And just, you know, he's the kind he of guy. He can flex with, his
1: muscle in a hurry.
0: He can. They're making a big, they're making a strong push right now in basketball, too. But anyway, that's another podcast.
1: But I, I know we got a little off the rails because anytime there's a coaching change, it needs to be talked about. But yeah. to talk about the coaching change that wasn't really, really happy, proud to be a Mississippi State fan right now. Always proud. Should but, be. But, but, but really proud right now. One thing, and and I'm okay with this, and this is kind of even it still speaks back a little bit to the Egg Bowl mm-hmm. state side of things. Just over in my lifetime, it has meant more to Mississippi State fans than it has Ole Miss fans. I mean, specifically, to win the Egg
0: Bowl, yeah, because we always thought LSU was our biggest rival uh, for well, some darn reason. Well, it's those same old white hairs you were talking about from Johnny Vault's days. Need to well, get in.
1: In my lifetime, and this is just specifically. The pendulum swings a little bit more towards state. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's still close to 500. Since they've
0: made them both home and homes and not neutral sites, yeah. y'all own the series. Yeah, st- right? State's
1: up a little bit. Yeah, S- states up they just quit a playing little bit, in Jackson, y'all are here. I, think, I mean, I think it's like 16 and 14 or something like that, you know, like 17 and 13. But you've won 600. a lot of them recently. It's, it's, but uh, I'm okay with being a school that embraces a rivalry. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really cool to see that many people be really, really happy to beat their rival. I will say this, and this kind of speaks back a little bit to what's going on in Oxford right now. I think whoever Ole Miss hires needs to really take the Egg Bowl seriously. Mm -hmm. Because, admit it or not, this game has not been the direct cause of, of Ole Miss coaches losing their job, but it hadn't helped.
0: No. It was the reason Houston Nutt got fired. It was the reason Ed Orgeron got fired. And I'm just going to be honest. If Ole Miss would have just lost the game the other day, Matt Luke would still have his job. I think so, too. But if old dude wouldn't have peed on the fake pee, yeah, that, that been, cost him.
1: Yeah, if it 31-20, State well, won. Even, well,
0: they could have lost 21-20 on a missed extra point as long as Elijah Moore wouldn't have fake peed. Well, that, that shows a lack of discipline, and that's what everybody talks about. Sure, and It's an easy thing to it's point a, it's out. It's an easy out. You're right. You're right.
1: Um, but as far as State is concerned, Self-admittedly, I've been a guy over the past year and a half that has been pretty unhappy with the way things have gone, specifically this year, but more specifically last year. I still hang right. up on that yeah. because it was a once-in-a-generation defense. Yeah. You had a senior, fifth-year returning quarterback in.
0: Kylan Hill still, you running back. And
1: Kylan Hill's <laughs> running back, and you went 8-5. And, mm-hmm. and then this year happened, and everybody's like, see, I knew this wasn't going to work. Well, I've got to give a major, major shout-out to Coach Moorhead for sure, for sticking to his confidence and his guns, and 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 he even said it. And him and John Cohen met on Saturday after the two days after the game and met for four hours about the direction of the program and the fact that the athletic director, who is the face of the athletics at Mississippi State, uh, was willing to extend Joe Moorhead for one year after a four-hour meeting. It gives me some confidence, and I and I like that. I've been hard on Moorhead, but I can appreciate the fact that he's very – he is not good with media.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He, he, he is not good with the PR part of the coaching aspect. And it's one thing that's got him in trouble, you know, some losses that probably should not have happened. Uh, this year in specific, but I, I, as I look back on it in retrospect, look at Kansas State. They beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Gave Oklahoma their only loss. They're 8-4. They're and four. They're a bowl team. Look at Tennessee. They were – the reason everybody was so upset is because Tennessee was 1-4 when they mm-hmm. beat State. Look at Tennessee now. They're
0: good. They may play on New Year's Day. Yeah, they might be in the Liberty Bowl. I mean, right. that's, I mean, that's, I think that's you a New know. Year's Eve game for sure, but yeah.
1: But in other words, what looked like two really bad losses weren't so bad at They're all. So bad. And if State won them, they'd be 8-4 right yeah. now and we wouldn't even be having this Gator conversation. Gator Bowl maybe. Something. Yeah. So, I give Moorhead a pass, man. And, and, and I, it's weird to admit that based on what I've said before. But like you said, being – In the coaching profession myself, there's not a lot of worse feeling than when the people that you represent are not behind you. Right. And I think the win was so important for Joe Moorhead more so than it was for Mississippi State football because it gave him an opportunity to look at fans and say, look, I know this is not what y'all wanted it to be, but we just want a game that y'all are really, really, really big on winning and I haven't lost it yet and we're going bowling for the 10th year in a row. Relax and let me do my thing. Yeah. Now it's still to be seen. Yeah. What that looks like moving forward. Yeah. But I think, like you said earlier, for stability's sake, it would be really, a really, really, really bad look. More so bad on Mississippi State than it was on Tennessee when they were talking about firing Pruitt. If you if Matt Luke gets canned and then. Two days later, Joe Moorhead gets can after winning yeah. the game.
0: Well, I, th- I think when he won the game, it solidified that he was coming back. I mean, no doubt. Uh, when Shiano took the Rutgers job, I knew he was coming back. Sure. My thing about Joe Moorhead is I think it took this win for him to actually get the rivalry. His comment after the game, you're going to have to drag my Yankee ass out of here, that shows a man who was relieved and excited he won that game.
1: And that's what I like.
0: Yeah. I, I think he finally maybe starting to get it a little bit. Yeah. Um. He and for as good as as bad as he is with the press, I think he relates well with his players.
1: I can tell you this. You know
0: what I mean. I think they're behind him.
1: There is not a player in the you know whereas where's Ole Miss mm-hmm. is a little split
0: right mm-hmm. now. Yeah,
1: there's not a player in State's locker room mm-hmm. that if Moorhead gets fired after this year after winning the Egg Bowl, that would not be up in arms. They would have all walked right. out. No, you're right. You're you right. You know, and and then that includes even your superstars. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think the one most importantly. That said it best was Garrett Schrader. Yeah, he says he he. he I, I can tell you that, and this this is just to speak back to the game a little bit. After the game, when State goes on the field after the missed kick and they go nuts mm-hmm. and get the penalty and all that, Garrett Schrader was on the sideline with his hands in his little warmer thingy, mm-hmm. just saying, "Hey y'all, you know y'all get back. You know we this it, that's he's so calm and collected. Yeah, that's the way and the, the that's a, the way the
0: Amish are taught." It, <laughs> But work, I, work a time and a half harder and be cool. <laughs> but, I like him, by the way. Uh, dude, I like him. He's a lot.
1: easy to like.
0: You look at but, the you look at the two. They did a comparison of what John Rice Plumley is the most Ole Miss student ever, oh, and, and Garrett Schrader is the most Mississippi State so person ever. The way they look, you know what I mean.
1: But but one thing that that's been people's gripe about Moorhead is like we talked about the press and how he handles the media and.
0: He's a Yankee. Let's be real. He's a guy from the North. Yeah, well, he even said himself.
1: Like, Garrett, is we're, from we're. Charlotte,
0: con- North Carolina.
1: Yeah, we're, so condi- he's not- we're conditioned
0: not to like these folks. You know right. what I mean? Or, or to
1: doubt them. Garrett him. is a direct reflection of Moorhead. He doesn't say a lot. Yeah. He's not easy to talk to. But when you need him, he shows up. You're right. And I'm, I'm you know, win or lose in the bowl game, I'm happy that Mississippi State made the decision to renew Joe. Um, I think it's a really, really good time specifically to renew, one, Missouri, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. are both looking for new coaches. A lot of those kids are starting to defect. Mm-hmm. Guess whose house Joe Moorhead's been at? You know, yeah. th- th- you know, so it's it's really been a shot in the arm.
0: If he's and, not at J.J. Peggie's house hanging out, he's doing it wrong, right? Uh, right. You know, just I mean, <laughs> right. be real. I mean, you know, like.
1: I think it'd be fair to say that Mississippi State and Ole Miss will be very, very well re- represented in Hattiesburg.
0: For sure, Sweet for sure. Then.
1: Uh, but, um, I say all that to say that Mississippi State, we talked about the problems with Ole Miss. Ole Miss's problem to me is, like I said, the culture from the top. Yeah, It has to change. Mississippi State, weirdly enough, has been in this arms race with Ole Miss really to just be like Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit that as a statement. Yeah, I'm not right. like that because I'm happy when State wins, and I hate it for them when they lose. But we've talked about this as far as tailgating is concerned. You know, like State had no tailgate scene whatsoever
0: 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, in 2002, I went to some games there. And it, it was, was not just a, a bunch
1: of people. Just yeah, like, I, There may have been 20 tailgates. I, I, I
0: remember I was dating a girl in college, and I had Ole Miss season tickets. And this was when Eli was playing. And she was wanting to go to State after we left the ACC. Yeah. And we went to Ole Miss football games, and it was awesome. Yeah. And it was the best You had a good time. a great time. And then we went to a state game, and there was nothing going on. It's just and, kind of folks sitting out there. And I was like, are we doing this?
1: And while it's good for the culture of Mississippi State to tailgate and make a big deal of game day, I will admit that most of the people that did it at the time when it first got big did it just because the Grove was what they it was. They had to, yeah. Now, now it's, it's cool. It's a cool scene. It's fun. Uh, I'm not a big tailgate
0: guy, but I'm not anymore. I used to be – man, I was the
1: biggest. One thing that I do love about Mississippi State that I'm hoping is not the same thing with Ole Miss. Those same 60, 70-year-old white hairs that are pulling all the strings over in Oxford, Mississippi State's got those guys too, and they have this inferior complex that is different from the ones of Ole Miss. The ones at Ole Miss, those old, old guys – They're longing for what was. Right. Mississippi State old guys are longing for what has never been. Right. You're right. Which has been let's get you know, how do we ever get to be as good as Archie's teams were? Mm -hmm. I think that the pendulum has swung as far as alumni are concerned with Mississippi State, that it's more of a younger group that understands what Mississippi State is. Well
0: you're right. And you know, you were speaking a minute ago that the change needs to come from the top. And, I, and I'm going to ask you a question because I don't know the answer to this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the answer to this. An Ole Miss guy, I call myself an Ole Miss guy. I owe them a lot of money. You know what I mean? Sure, for, sure. For, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I root Memphis basketball, but, like, I equally love Ole Miss football. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I sure. really do. Um, You know, it was what I did when I was in high school, and there's a lot of good memories there listening to football games growing up, going to the you know games, uh, sitting there with my dad. Um, How do you make the change that needs to be made when the people in control – Want it to be 1960, but the people with the right thoughts want it to be 2020. You get know what I'm saying? Like, like no, I mean I, do. I mean, I mean, I I, I don't talk politics on the show, but for instance, the ones tearing down the Confederate statues are the ones with the the forward thinking. The ones wanting to keep them up are the ones who are in control. You know what I mean? That's correct. The ones that are rigging IHL uh, president board meetings are the ones in control. They like puppets. They like to be able to make them dance. They're the Wizard of Oz. Look at the man behind the curtain. You know what I mean? No, you're absolutely so right. I, that's my question is, how do you change what needs to be changed when the people in charge won't let it be changed?
1: Well, and he, that's that's as far as Ole Miss is concerned, yeah. it's a tough question because the majority of the money comes from that group.
0: And the rumor is now that Glenn Boyce is a puppet and he's going to let it continue. Right. That's why I like Keith Carter. Cause I don't think he's going to at least let the athletics side continue.
1: But the, the problem with that is... Who's his boss. Who pays his money. You know, so the, yeah. that's what there's always a paper trail. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. I, and here's, this is, this I can explain this to you because Mississippi State went through a spell like this too. For sure. Uh, when I was in college, a guy named Dan Song was the, was no. I know what you're, I, I know, I know.
0: The leader of the bend this time. You know, uh, I love Dan Fogelberg, but I remember Dan Fogel's song. I do remember that.
1: He was the president when I yep. was in school, and he was horrible. Terrible. I mean, the war- mm-hmm. he had no personality at all.
0: He, 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 he was not interactive with the students. He liked it being redneck you. Yes. No offense. He, he, liked- he was an old military guy. He embraced a, the Cal College. A
1: hardneck. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean. Yeah. And then they got Dr. Charles Lee, who I love. Mm-hmm. Great yep. man, but just kind of like Matt Luke, mm-hmm. Superman. Not such a great president of the United. Good,
0: not, boring president. Yes, safe.
1: But, but I met him. I've had dinner with this guy yeah. just based on you know my family and just knowing the man. He, he, he was super super. He was guy. the
0: girl you meet at church and go on dates with. It lasts for a little while, but at the end of the day, you know what? This 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 girl is not as exciting enough for me. Right. And that's what he was. No, so, you know, that's m- right. my opinion.
1: The thing that changed the direction of Mississippi State is when they hired Dr. Mark Keenum. Yes. Who is a Mississippi State man? Fantastic. And he will hire. bleed and die for Mississippi State to be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, what does he do? He goes out and he gets the best young athletic director in America at the time, Greg Byrne. Mm-hmm. Greg Byrne starts moving and shaking, making hires like crazy. Hired John Cohen. Hired, I mean, just man, just he got dynamite. rid of Stansbury, right? Got rid of Stansbury and got, you know, just forward thinking guy. And the reason I can say that now is because he's Nick Saban's boss.
0: Yeah, he went from here to Arizona, 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 originally for his wife's
1: originally from, and then back to hired uh, Rich Rod Arizona, right? That's what I'm saying. This 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 (laughs) guy doesn't mess around. Yeah, Uh, but then after that, I thought that that. Dr. Keenum made the good decision to hire Scott Strickland. For sure. Well, knowing now what the Benedict Arnold that Scott Strickland is, I still don't have anything for him. I think no. he's a yes man. I think he's a puppet. Mm-hmm. And I think he stole the best coach in the history of Mississippi State football. Literally stole him. And stole him. Had a plan. And I'll never blame Dan Mullen for that because I knew he was destined for bigger things.
0: If it wasn't Florida, it was going to be when James Franklin leaves Penn I'd State. 100%. It was going to be something. And I'll say this.
1: The best thing Florida State that happened at that time – is instead of Dr. Keenum saying, let's do a national search, we've got the right guy sitting in our third base dugout mm-hmm. who's ready to get out of baseball. And not and like Dr. Keenum, John Cohen will bleed and die and do anything for Mississippi State because he is Mississippi State. But I can understand why people think, well, sometimes home is a hard place to be a hero, but these guys are smart. And they know what Mississippi State is, what it can be, and what it should be. And that's why I'm really – in other words, if John Cohen would have fired Joe Moorhead, I probably would have been a little bit upset, but I would trust in you John trust Cohen. You trust in John Cohen, yeah. I trust him. So I, I think as an Ole Miss fan, you can be excited for Keith Carter for that reason. But Keith Carter – you need a Keith Carter in that big desk. Yeah. At the Lyceum. Is that where the president's office at the Lyceum? I just assume.
0: I don't know. Can I be real? I didn't spend enough time yes. on the campus. <laughs> I need you to say that. Man, hell, I had attendance policy. <laughs> Man, I but, went to class because I had to.
1: I, but the, you know, speaking of that specific, I know it's gotten kind of a little off subject. I think they got a new
0: so. administration building over there that all my student right. loans paid for. But Doctor Doctor Keenum is the type of
1: guy he will. You know he he does the things that a president of a university has to do. But right. then he'll get out and he'll go talk to classes and and speak to students and walk through the drill field and say hello to people when he's personable and he's easy to talk to.
0: The opposite of what's going on in Oxford.
1: And that's why I'm really, really happy for Mississippi State. As far as football is concerned, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the sky's the limit because it's not. Mm -hmm. Until another Dak Prescott walks through that door and it's a guy that was a little bit lightly recruited, picks up late, but winds up being a superstar. State will not be a 10-11 win team, but Mississippi State is happy with this this a bowl streak is something to be really really proud of yes, there's only ten teams in America that have done what Mississippi state is d- currently in right now, which is a bowl streak
0: and I could probably you could probably almost name them oh I hundred percent can and you probably yeah, yeah
1: it's the usual characters. Alabama you' you know it's, it's Ohio state, Auburn, I Ohio think state Florida be,
0: state's still in there they made one last year right and they're six and no, they are well, they're six and six this year
1: yes, they're six and six this year they went. It's the Jimbo's last year or Taggart's first year, they didn't go They so didn't, long. okay. But but, either but, way, but yeah, still, I know there's about. so many of those. School, USC, yeah. you know, Oregon. You know, there's so many that just...
0: And USC didn't a few years ago. They went five that's, and seven. That's,
1: right, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. So to go to 10 straight bowls at a school that had previously only been to 13 ever is saying something, man. And I think yeah. it's something to build on. And I'm hoping that... Mississippi State, uh, see, I think Ole Miss is, and this is uh, state fans are going to kill me for this. Ole Miss is a better football job than Mississippi State yeah, is. Yeah, it is, and always has been. Yeah. For that reason, I think Ole Miss is more of a stepping stone coaching job. Mm-hmm. You get a great guy in yeah. there, he gets things back on track, and then you hire another one to do the same thing. Yeah. Whereas Mississippi State is a little bit more built to have some longevity, like a Dan Mullen.
0: Yeah, I, I think that I think like you said, uh, well, and things have changed a little bit, but State is cool with the. Uh, the street. Let's win six, yeah. seven, eight, nine, maybe ten games one year. Yeah. Let's compete for the West two out of ten. Like, really compete. Yeah. You know, let's have a yeah. Let's have a transcendent player like Dak. Let's yeah. give it a run. Y'all's inferiority complex is with Ole Miss.
1: Uh, 100%. And uh, Ole Miss's is with everybody ours else. Ours with everybody
0: else. And, unfortunately, it doesn't need to be. You know what I mean? And like, the
1: reason I want both of those to stop is because I am a Mississippian at heart first. Yeah. I want to see my states. Because here, here's the thing. You take away athletics specifically, mm-hmm. it's two really great universities.
0: Yeah, almost has 27 Rhodes Scholars. And, and, Mississippi and you know, State's one of the finest agricultural and engineering schools in this country.
1: And so my point is, there's a lot to be proud of with these two schools. And it it means a lot to me as a Mississippian. And it really, really burns me when people not from our part of the world. Because we, we talk about this with the community in the, in the and, you know, the scoreboard show and right. the things that we like doing in Northeast Mississippi and these two two towns
0: are technically in Northeast Mississippi,
1: and it means it, it really hurts me when people bash our state. Now, does it deserve it? Sometimes, absolutely.
0: Should Ole Miss have been laughed at and mocked the other night for doing what they did? Man, yeah. I, Just
1: I, like I, Mississippi State when Renardo, Sidney, and Elgin Bailey got in a fight in Hawaii <laughs> on
0: national. They should TV. have got bashed for yep,
1: it. Should have because it shouldn't have. Sometimes
0: you got to make your bed and lie in it. You but, know what I mean.
1: That kind of stuff mask over all the good things that happen with these two schools, and the better both of them are at sports, the better both of them are academically. The better light that shined on this state, yeah. because this is a great state. And I don't care what if you're from if you're from Illinois or New York or Wisconsin or wherever, and you want to make fun of us, that's fine. You can do that. And so oh, we are 50 in education. We're getting better.
0: You're 50th in poverty, but we're getting better. Well, at Wisconsin, here's what I like to think about, okay? You got cheese. The best quarterbacks ever play for your franchise, he's from Mississippi. True that. We got B.B. King. hmm We got Elvis. You know what I mean? Name something you got. We got the Delta. We got the finest food in the country. We yeah. are the birthplace
1: of the music yeah, you listen to. Yeah, you
0: got cheese curds and snow. Cool. I am da- I mean, Yeah. Like That's I said, fun. like I said, Jimmy Rogers, Elvis, uh, Jim Henson, Robert the Muppets, Johnson. Robert Johnson, d- Faith Hill, yeah, just, shut up, McKinley, Holla, Morgan Freeman.
1: <laughs> but I say that no, for real, though. to say this specifically. The one stat that points out that nobody wants to mention. You know what state is number one in American in overall happiness? Mississippi. None other than Mississippi. Number one
0: in I think charitable giving, and hosp- hospitality, and charitable charitable giving, giving per capita. You know, like so like per- Don't
1: sit here and tell me my state's not important, and that's a direct reflection of the two, more than two great institutions in this school. So I
0: will say this: I went to Sacramento. I mean, excuse me. I went to I went to Denver the week before I went to Sacramento, and uh, there are a lot of panhandlers out there. Sure, which we have panhandlers too. Um, all of the ones out there that panhandle, their signs say things like "homeless vet need money" or uh, "down on my luck need money." You go around here, you get in Memphis, even you see the homeless people signs, and they say uh, "need help." God bless.
1: You dang right. You,
0: I, I gave money to a panhandler in uh in Denver, and. He said, man, you got a couple dollars. I said, man, all I got is some change. And I gave him some change. Like, it wasn't a buck, but it's all I had in my pocket. I mean, because I can't swipe my debit card anywhere. And he kind of gruffed. like I, He's like, I know you got more money. Like, kind of. And I was like, man, I gave you all I got. Like, I want to say, look, if that ain't good enough, I mean, I'll take that 75 cents back in Mississippi. Thanks, man. Cool. Now, I don't know what they're doing with it, but there's just a difference here. There is. You know what I mean? And it starts at the top and it works all the way to the bottom. The most appreciative people here are the people that have the least. That's exactly and, right. And that's why I really feel like uh, the coaching searches and the, and the hires and stuff really don't matter. It's who can get the kids in Mississippi to play the hardest for them, whether it's Matt Luke, the next guy we hire, Joe Moorhead, or the next guy. Uh, to wrap up my thoughts on the coaching job at Mississippi State, as an Ole Miss fan, I hope this is very similar to the Dan Mullen ushering in and the ushering out of Houston Nut. You know what I mean? <laughs> we went back, back, cotton bowls, and we were all excited, and we were good to go. And then Dan Mullen came in and whooped Houston Nut and got rid of a problem we didn't know we had. I'm hoping. And then it made us better for it. Sure. You know what I mean? Because y'all were good. And I'm kind of hoping, just selfishly, that this is kind of a similar situation. We bring in a good name, and he's 5-7, and 6-6. Six and six. We win the Egg Bowl in Oxford next year. And something happens. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. Selfishly speaking, I like Joe Moorhead there because he keeps the rivalry going and interesting. But there's not as much hatred as when Dan was there. Sure, you know what I mean. There. I mean, the Dan was fiery. Dan was fiery from day one. He liked to poke the bear of Hugh Freeze. And I think the next guy that comes in from Ole Miss needs to embrace the rivalry, keep it civil, and know that look, I'm not gonna be good this year. But I got to win the last one. I think that needs to matter first. That's when, that's when he
1: goes on his tours. Yep. of the state. Mm-hmm. Say, all right, first operation is getting that. Egg We're gonna win stuff. the last
0: one. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. We got Abilene Christian, and we got Southeast Missouri, and we got Seelaw. We're gonna beat them. We might win three, but one of three is gonna be the last one. You know what I mean? And I yep. think if you can get everybody bought into that, you're gonna be okay. Because
1: and, and in retrospect. Moorhead's bought himself some time.
0: He has because even if he loses next
1: year, he's still two and one against Ole Miss. Well,
0: I could, yeah, and you know, I could see this kind of situation. I could see him having a pretty good year next year and getting a better job and getting out. I mean, the old the old coaching adage is it's better to leave a year too early than a year too late. That's exactly right. You know what I mean? And and like Norvell, Memphis is going to be great next year. But what if the job you want's not open next year? That's right. You know what I mean? USC's filled this year. Um, Florida State's going to be filled. What if Urban decides to get in the mix next year? What if Notre Dame's open and Sabin move? I mean, there's all kind of stuff that you never just, know. Just
1: to detract away from the exact – because, I mean, I mm-hmm. thought that this this conversation between State and Ole Miss has been fantastic. Yeah. But just on the national level, one thing I actually am –
0: Yeah, we need tough. to move to this. We need to talk about this. One,
1: one thing I'm, I'm I'm actually kind of – I don't want to say fed up with it because it is free entertainment. It is. It's free real estate in my head. Mm-hmm. It's just like the NBA offseason. The what-ifs. This is the most exciting time in college football you, right here. You're right. You're right. Because it's who's going where, what's mm-hmm. happening, who's going gone next year, who's the hottest guy out there, yada, yada, yada. The one thing lost in all this are the guy, like the guys that just kind of keep plugging away. So, I, I, a personal shout-out, and I know you want to talk about it a little bit. Gus Malzahn. hmm Stand up, man. I'm
0: proud and, of that, dude. And
1: I am, too. And I hate Auburn. I hate losing to Auburn. But I'm telling you, I can't be prouder of a guy who has to coach week to week for his job. To win. For, to give, be given mm-hmm. an ultimatum saying, you don't win this last one, you're gone. So, Well, guess what? I ain't gone.
0: Well, when I was in high school... It's funny, we didn't win a lot of games at South Carolina playing basketball, but my dad always thought of him as a very prepared coach. For instance, we would go over certain things like how to go to the bench during a timeout, how to line up. Um, He taught us how to miss a free throw on purpose. Most people don't know that. You move six inches right or left, shoot the same shot. Ball bounce off the rim, be prepared to get it. Don't try to throw it hard off the backboard and off the rim. Just shoot your normal shot, move six inches right or left. I mean, we were taught things like that. We were taught that when people lined up in a stack to get the ball in bounds and you're guarding your man, when they slap the ball, you move one person down, and when they go the opposite way, you fall down and take a charge. Like We knew things like that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of times teams aren't prepared like that. You know what I mean? Um, so going forward – with the coaching carousel going on and Gus Malzahn, he bought himself some time, but he was so prepared for Nick Saban in Alabama. He said, I know he's told his guys in a in a practice, in a team meeting, look, if we have to line up for a punt, we're gonna do this. We're gonna make them call a timeout and they're not gonna know what in the hell to do. He was more prepared for Nick Saban for that exact moment. That's they right. ran the punter out to wide receiver. He'd practice this and, and he
1: noticed he'd waited until the end of the game, uh-huh. absolutely
0: mattered. That's exactly do. right. They didn't line up and just try to draw him off sides. He ran his punter out there at wide receiver, and Nick stood back there at quarterback. and He was counting them: one, two, three, four. And when he saw that returner back there and eleven men on the field, he knew it was twelve. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I'm saying. Like guys like Gus Malzahn that coach for their job every week. Huge, immense respect for because not only do you coach every week, you got to win every quarter.
2: That's right. You got to win every, every play. Minute, you got to win snap. every
0: play. He had to win that play. He knows right now if I give if, if Alabama sees what's going on and they call a timeout here or if they have 11 guys on the field and don't have 12 guys, we're going to have to give it back to them with a minute and 10 seconds That's to go. exactly right. And he he had been – I'm telling you right now, that, that, that exact situation had been talked about since week one against somebody. Guys, right. we're going to get in a situation this year and we're going to have a two-point lead and we're going to need to drown the clock out and there's going to be a minute and a half. We're going to send our punt team out here and line up in this formation and they're not going to want to know what to do. And if they don't have any timeouts, they're beat, and that's exactly what happened. So, sure, shout, right. shout out to Gus Malzahn. I'm really excited when a guy like that's prepared.
1: So, and if you're an Auburn fan, really chill out for sure. There's two guys who have Saban's number.
0: That guy's one a- of them's
1: Dabo Sweeney. The other one, Gus Malzahn.
0: You're two and a half guys. One guy's coaching the
1: well, <laughs> You you get what I'm saying though. Yeah, I know. Two, two guys on a national level yeah. in games that really, really, really matter that have his number. He's lost four out of five trips to the plains. Yep, he ain't done that anywhere
0: else. No, when 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 you let me tell you something, Gus Malzahn's a genius, a literal football genius. Overthinks himself sometimes. Uh, sometimes I bet he doesn't come across really good in the recruiting room. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. He might sure. some people he might rub the wrong way. But I when he when the other day when he, when he did that the other day, I I said this guy's this guy's a genius. Like literally, this has been something he's thought about for all his entire coaching career. If I ever get a chance to do this, I'm gonna do it. He did it. I and guarantee. As,
1: and, and as much as I can't stand losing to Auburn, I think, and this, just hear me out here. I think they have the best overall athletic coaching staff in the SEC.
0: Football, basketball, baseball.
1: I mean, yeah. it's dynamite.
0: Who's the baseball coach again? Butch Thompson. Butch Thompson. That's right. Yeah, Went to the dude. World
1: Series last year for the first time. Yeah, and Bruce Pearl and yeah. Bruce Pearl on the basket. You know, but my point is, 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 is. Uh, like I said, I don't like. Them in Florida, I would say, it probably or Auburn in specific, but it's just really, really cool to see the mega ship getting taken down and all these people. It's the people that you see in your everyday life. There's more Alabama fans in Northeast Mississippi, than there are State or Ole Miss fans, and it's good to look at them and be like, you know what, you got got Saturday.
0: Two seconds have cost Alabama shots at the playoff, right? <laughs> the, the kick six. And then this the halftime, time. and I'm going to say this they got robbed at the half. They did. That That, that 100% should not happen. It's like the basketball rule. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows if there's 0.3 seconds or less, it's got to be a tip in. That's just a rule. That's like right. you can't get a shot off. There should be a rule in football that if there's one second, you cannot get a playoff. Like right. you, you have to have two. That's right. You got to have two. Because it, physically, it wasn't possible for them to blow the whistle, snap the ball, and get the kickoff. It's, and, and Nick lost his stuff. Well, and and they got beat with by basketball,
1: three it's easier to do because you have the decimal. Yeah, you know, in football it's 2-1-0. Yeah. Basketball there's the point eight. Yeah, there's the point nine. You know, they, they so should, there's a little leeway.
0: I, maybe they should change that. I mean, I I may, so. I may, maybe though, but or I, maybe
1: take it down from ten. You've got the you've got this the millisecond.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that because I mean that's the three points cost them the game, and there was three points that shouldn't have been on the board.
1: And you speak about that like we speak about this the NFL. If there's five seconds left on the clock at halftime and a kick, it's a field goal to go into the half. Mm-hmm. They'll tick them. They'll take them down. Yeah, just for they want to get to halftime, get that ball rolling, get those three o'clock games on schedule. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy, but yeah. you know, and it costs people their jobs, money, gamblers,
0: me specifically. Yeah, you know, but um, well, let, let's make a few predictions for the the. Yeah, the, now, now I know all the jobs aren't open, but let's just do a before we wrap it up. man, uh, and by the way, I I want to I got to give one more shout to Gus Malzahn, dude. <laughs> I just keep thinking about how smart that was because I was thinking about all the coaches that could be available. They ain't nobody that would be better than him.
1: I, I got one more before we move on. And this is a guy whose name will pop up all over. But I don't think he's going anywhere. Houston Nutt. Well, no.
0: He said that Arkansas has been Ip having it. a – He said he uh, he has made a comment that people at Arkansas had already contacted him. <laughs> I would have been really scared if I would have seen an announcement from Keith Carter today that said, and we have Houston Nutt leading our coaching search. Oh, God. <laughs> oh
1: God. Anyway, um, you, a name. But oh, the the one that I'm I'm just like you know what this guy's got it figured out, and it, it's it's also sticks it to Nick Saban. Kyle Whittingham for sure at the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. He has been the head coach since Urban Meyer left for Florida. Yep, and his name comes up every single year for a bigger they beat job.
0: Alabama one time, right in a bowl game. Bad. That's what
1: I was getting
0: at. Brian Johnson.
1: Brian Johnson at yeah. quarterback. They had it. He's their quarterbacks coach now. Yes, offensive coordinator. He was it. He was Dan Mullins. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I want to say this: in two thousand seven, my buddy Will Klein, his dad went to the Sugar Bowl. His dad got Sugar Bowl tickets just to get them back to back. And they
0: (laughs) used nut every time back to back Cotton Bowls. First time since nineteen. Blah blah blah.
1: If anybody (laughs) asks you, like if 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 he like uh, if he rear ended somebody in a fender bender, if they got up, I am like, what are you doing, about Hey man, back to back.
0: Yeah, his epitaph: Here lies Houston Nut.
1: Back, back to, to back. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but no, Kyle Whittingham. You know, I, I won't want to say he's not going to go anywhere because he may. Right, but he's taken the right approach. And in 2007, they went to that game. Will has got a buddy that played uh He played professional baseball with him in the Rays organization, and he had direct ties at the time to Alabama. It was uh, Coach
0: Selfo. Uh, was it uh, Tulane? Pete,
1: Pete Selfo. Oh, I can't th- – Anthony Selfo. Anthony Selfo. Yeah. Anthony Selfo. his son played at Tulane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I he- remember him, S-C-E-L-F-O. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He uh, he said uh, – Saban, of course, is, you know, just egotistical. The way he does things the only way to do them. He said Utah, for the entire week, put in a completely new, brand-new offense that had zero film to it. And, I mean, they took it to yeah, Alabama. Yeah. I mean, they and nobody it. was Andre Smith,
0: it. Alabama, right? Lineman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, year two for
1: saving 2008. Yeah. Uh, and that band was good. John Parker God, Wilson? they were good. Yes. Yes. And, and they were, Hoover. God, they were so good. So good. But Utah took it to them. Mm-hmm. Kyle Whittingham is just the epitome. He is Gus Malzahn. He wins... He wins at a high level every single year, and they are slowly starting to establish themselves as the team in the Pac-12, especially with the news that Chris Peterson stepped down. Because I got to feel like he's headed south to LA. That's my thinking.
0: That, well, that was going to be my thing. You know, Kyle Winningham probably will stay at Utah, but the key is who gets the USC and Washington jumps. For That's instance, right. if uh, if Urban ended up at USC and they. Get rid of Clay Hilton, because they hadn't quite got rid of him yet.
1: No, but they've been trying to since the day they hired him.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'd almost be okay with that name in Oxford. Clay Hilton? He's a good, he does he a good job. D- he does a good
1: job, just not good enough at USC. Well, it's
0: hard to do it He's d-
1: He's done a, as good a job as anybody he, being consistent.
0: you got to be Hollywood. To oh, be at USC, so, and he's not. He's not, but Urban would be. Oh, so, but I mean, yeah. I mean, a situation. I, you know, if if is at Utah and Urban or somebody of that ilk ends up at USC, and then there's another good hire at Washington, you might look to get out of Utah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because UCLA not good
1: competition. There's going to be a program, in my opinion, in the and ACC still good. because the ACC going to get fed up at some point of being the Dabo Swinney and the also rans. Somebody's going to go after a guy like Kyle Whittingham. They're going to change the game.
0: And Flo- it, why is Florida State not doing it?
1: That, that's my that they sh- that they Florida State should back up the Brinks truck to either a Chris Peterson or a Kyle Whittingham or, a, you know, one of those types James Franklin, pe- somebody like that. see, the that. thing,
0: people keep mentioning Norvell for that job, and I think he'd do great there, but I don't think he's big enough for there. Not yet. Like, my, my brother John, he's a big Florida State fan. He's like, Norvell, he's ha-ha-ha, Norvell's coming to Florida State. I'm like, cool, but like. That's the name you want? I mean, you hire a Memphis as coach? Like, no offense, right? You're Florida, you're, State. Florida State. you're Florida State. You won a national championship yeah. five uh, years I ago. I mean, you're Florida State. You you could get, like, you said Kyle Winningham or, or somebody big, you know I mean? Absolutely. You're more likely to win a national championship at Florida State than you are Penn State. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just said that. I mean um, – you, you got
1: one game on your schedule, too. Yeah, I mean – Clemson, that's
0: the, it. You know, there's, there's all kind of guys that would want that job, of, or any of those jobs, but um, – Give give me some more predictions. What are you thinking? Like, like, uh, let's just say, uh, coaching moves. Yeah, let's just. I'm gonna name three jobs that open up. Okay, and you gotta and you gotta you gotta fill them. Okay, let's. These uh, are
1: jobs that are already open or open because somebody's moved.
0: Jobs that could be open. Okay. 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 We'll start with. We'll start with the USC job. Let's. Okay. give, Give me give me two front runners for that, and it'll be easy there, I'm sure. But
1: I make Chris Peterson tell me no. Okay. First and foremost. Uh, and then I go. I'm, then I'm a combination of if, if Chris Peterson tells me no, and, and he's my first choice simply because he's been in the college game, mm-hmm. and and he hasn't sat out. He's been consistent everywhere he's been. He's one. He's who I think you want at USC. My second two calls: Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops.
0: Okay, I would probably, I would probably call him in this order if it was me: Urban, Chris, Bob. I mean that would be uh, urban's. Urban's the splash. Yeah, you make you, all, Everybody makes him tell. And them L no.
1: and L A is 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 that's who needs the splash.
0: He looks he looks L A. Oh, so L A. Yeah, he looks L A. All right, um, another one that might be a little bit off your radar, but it's interesting to me. University of South Florida. Charlie Strong's out.
1: If I'm South Florida, I'm looking. I make somebody who is somebody like. Like a Billy Napier is probably gonna get a better job than South Florida, but I make him tell me no first. Uh I look for an impressive coordinator in an interview. You know, somebody maybe see if you can lure a Dave Aranda or somebody like that away.
0: Yeah. Um You're gonna hate my name. Keep going.
1: But but uh, you know, I, I somebody like that, man. Yeah. Who do you think?
0: Hugh Freeze. I know there was a lot of smoke. where he, he did his things. His transgressions were in Florida. That's an but interesting tape. It's the, it's the kind of job that wants to be big time. Mm-hmm. There's money in Tampa, right? The,
1: oh yeah, yeah. Oh great. Oh, there, there's a, money there.
0: Man, um, yeah. And I think they need some excitement and shot in the arm. Um, and people have been mentioning Willie Taggart because he was there before. Nah, I don't do that.
1: No, that's the same backyard.
0: I I, I think he would be a good hire there. I he mean, would. I really do. He uh, would you know, be a really good. And I, I think it's the kind of job he would want because it's not quite big enough to where you're in that spotlight. You know what I mean? It's oh, not. Yeah. It's not Florida State. He's not wearing sure. ready for those jobs. But I think I think Hugh would be a good option there. Um, and th- another guy that I think would be a good option there. And if you wanted to go uh, coordinator route, I like Will Hall.
1: I think Will Hall's a little bit bigger than that. Well, I do That's too. Just me. Personally. I, I do too. I do too.
0: There's another job that I would like Will Hall to get. I, I, just, uh, I know what you're thinking. And, and we'll just lead that right into my segue to that. If Mike Norvell leaves Memphis, give me Will Hall. Give me Will Hall. Or uh, the guy who left Memphis to be Auburn's defensive coordinator, Ryan Silverfield? That's right. Is that him? He did a good job. I could. See he's got Memphis ties. But, man, I think Will Hall would just – he would be Mike Norvell oh, 2.0. Yeah. And he's got all the Mississippi ties. He would hurt Ole Miss and State.
1: I've got a name for you that could be hotter than it probably should be. Give it to me. Brian Harson.
0: Oh, yeah, Boise State. That is a good you one. You think
1: about this. When Peterson left Boise State, they were in full meltdown mode. You think all he can be the next guy, guy Washington? Done. I mean,
0: you do it once. All,
1: all this guy has done is continue what Boise does, make mm-hmm. them the best group of five team out there every single year. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to be a name
0: that's got to be some interesting. Yeah. Here. All right, James Franklin, if he leaves, who's going to be the Penn State coach? Cause that's tough because that's Big Ten country that's up in the Northeast, and we're don't, you know, we not in, really in tune with that up there. That's the, that's the job I think Matt Rule gets.
1: I was leaning that way. <laughs> Matt Rule will be my first call. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, a lot of these, obviously, stuff has to shake out before. But I'll give you one that's kind of interesting. Simply because he's from that neck of the woods. Got a great job right now, but I, know who I at say. least give Dan Mullen a phone
0: call. I make him tell me no. I
1: him. would make him tell me no because you know that the interest would be marginally there because of the interest – previously? Yeah. Before James Franklin,
0: I'd make him say, "Hey man, you want to kind of come back
1: home a little bit?"
0: Yeah. Well, here's my thinking. I, if Dan thinks that he has a better chance of winning the whole thing at Penn State or getting to the playoff, he would probably take it because here's why. Tennessee is on the upswing. Yep. You know what I mean? Georgia's still going to be Georgia. Yep. And every year you got to beat LSU. That's right. I mean, there's got to play them. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's a loss that already hurts your chances in the SEC. That's right. So I mean, you're looking at Georgia, you're looking at Tennessee, and then every few years, and then you, assuming who Florida State hires, you know. Yeah, and then you got to play somebody in the SEC championship. It's going to be LSU or Alabama. So mm-hmm. you could, no matter what, at Florida in your best year, looking at two losses. Oh yeah, at Penn State. The way it falls, sometimes you stay away from everybody. Mm-hmm. You could. I mean, you just got to win that last one. You got to win that last. You got
1: to get to Indianapolis and win it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you know, um, Ohio State always kind of scares me. But if they don't get a dynamic quarterback in one year, they're going to be, oh, they're going to be good. You know, they've had Justin Fields. Oh and they, yeah. They, who might win the Heisman, by the way. Joe Burrow, I know. <laughs> but <still. laughs> <laughs> but I didn't predict Justin Fields. I got to stick you did, with it. You did. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it's easier to win the whole thing at Penn State because you know, Michigan's hardball. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, and all you got to do is really just got to win, like you said, the last one you need get, go undefeated yep. and win the last one. And I think that is that is doable at Penn State.
1: So, just to fast forward, I'm going to give you two jobs that are going to be open in 2020.
0: I know one of these. Go ahead.
1: One of them is one that you just mentioned, <laughs> the University of Michigan. For sure. The other – and this one will be open before. As a matter of fact, I think it may be open during the middle of the year. The University of Texas. Okay. And I think, and this is my thoughts on this, you want to talk about some ultimate shade here, mm-hmm. and I don't think he'd ever do it. Texas comes open, certain color commentator out there right now, doesn't get the job he wants this year. You go hire Bob Stoops. For sure, yeah. And you let him get back in the middle of that that, that Red River rivalry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. I, Crazy I, to think about. I think that too. Um, I think if Norvell doesn't leave Memphis this year, yep. I think he's going to be the next coach at Texas or Michigan.
1: And I think also too, and just yeah, to I think watch the dominoes yeah. fall. Whichever one doesn't get him, yeah, gets Matt Rule. Yeah, and yeah. Matt Rule would leave Baylor to go to Texas.
0: Oh yeah, I think I think you leave Baylor to go to because Baylor is in that. They're not an upper echelon program, but they pay upper echelon money. That's right. So, like, you only leave Baylor to go to your Penn State, your That's Blue right. Bloods. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe even And, they're, and they're punching
1: above their weight. Right they are. Now. As a matter of fact, I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma Saturday night again. Yeah. And yeah. I think Oklahoma will be more prepared. They're not going to get down 28-3. But Matt Rule going from 0-11 to 10-1, 11-1 right now, Yeah, he's, he's his name's out
0: so there. So, Michigan comes open, what does that mean Harbaugh has done? Does that mean he's gone to the NFL, or does that mean he's done?
1: I think that puts him as the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Which you know who would be the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens is. For sure, for sure. His brother John. Yeah. Um I mean in other words, I think that he has underachieved so much at Michigan and the the agenda that he's tried to push has not worked. Right. That I don't think anybody even a lesser program would hire him and say I mean, it's not that somebody like a Middle Tennessee State wouldn't hire him, but,
0: like, I don't think he could get another job in the Big Ten right now. Well, for instance, if you're – if like, let's just say he leaves Michigan and then Joe Moorhead leaves after next year gets fired. If I was Mississippi State, I wouldn't hire Harbaugh for the baggage around. 100%. I mean, like, you know, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I
1: want to have an abrasive guy. To redirect just a little bit from what you said about Norvell, because Norvell's going to land somewhere. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know who I think the next coach at the University of Michigan is? Who's that? PJ Flick.
0: Yeah, that-
1: I think that he has proven himself. And here's the thing: it is hard to win at Minnesota. It's In- harder to win at Minnesota than
0: it is at Mississippi State. It's harder to – Yes, it's impossible. It's. It, I mean, the weather, the recruiting, it's so impossible. I can't even. I can't even name a good Minnesota football player.
1: Well, here's this guy. Is ten and two? Yeah, and he's got everybody rolling. Minnesota. The boat. He went. Thirteen and zero at Western Michigan. If you, and Michigan is kind of like in the same vein as Ole Miss. They got to start thinking a little bit outside the box.
0: I was thinking Fleck might leave this year. He may.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He may. But he. But then again, he could still be the next but, coach but in Michigan. I, I,
1: the only reason I don't think he will is because I don't think he's coming down south because he's that. He's an up north guy. Yeah. And the jobs that are open are below the Mason Dixon line. You're this right year. about that. Yeah. And. I, you know, he he was he built Western Michigan up. He had the opportunity to leave after he went uh, ten and three the year before the thirteen and zero, but he stuck around and look what it got him. Yeah, it, probably not even the job that he wanted, but it got him one that where he, two years in, he's ten and two again.
0: I'm glad he didn't take that Purdue job. Oh, like exactly. Remember he almost took but the Purdue who's job. to say. That Purdue
1: wouldn't have had the ten and two, you know, yeah. you know. But did they have
0: a pretty good year this year? Did they bounce back. Were they five and? They no,
1: poor Robbie. They, <laughs> they they've, they've had a tough go. It was bad between the national championship and basketball. They, oh man, they, yeah. That Purdue's kind of been up against it a little yeah, bit. It has been. But anyway, man. I'm actually absolutely tapped out on college football, but I have had. So I know much it's been fun, fun, fun prognosticating.
0: You know, we tried to we tried to limit ourselves to about ninety minutes on this one because we knew there was a lot to talk about. Sure. I mean, from the egg bowl to the carousel to discipline issues to what could happen. I mean, um, it was a big week. It was a big few days for sure. And before we sign
1: off, I need two things from you. Uh,
0: give me, give it to me.
1: Because then we'll dive in a little bit more on the other because it'll last a little longer. Yeah. Give me your Super Bowl matchup. Okay. And give me the four teams in the playoff.
0: Okay. Not not the scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just who just, you think. Just, my, just who I think. Uh, we'll go Super Bowl matchup. Okay. I'm going to go with, in the AFC, I like the Ravens. I do, too, oddly I, enough. I like the Ravens. And in the NFC... Man, I mean I love the Niners, but I don't think they're going to be there in the end. I really don't. I don't really think they're going to be there in the end. Um what's that score behind me? Score? Yeah, what was the Seahawks score?
1: Oh, I don't know. I have it on. I need to look at yeah. it though. Well, I like the For Seahawks.
0: I like that. I like the Seahawks. I'm just going to be honest. My friend Jared VanGriff, Kyle Mackins, they're going to be upset. But of the teams in the NFC, I just kind of like what they got going on. I like Russell Wilson. They can run it a little bit. They, can, they got DK Metcalf, who, who is a big end zone target. Uh, they got Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. He's, he's the other. Yeah. And they got a good tight end right now that's playing Jacob Hollister. Uh, Jacob Hollister. Underrated. Um, they remind me of the team that won it a few years ago mm-hmm. with them without the battering ram. Sure. You know what I mean? But they're running back this year. Carlson, he's got about 1,000 yards. And got a good backup. And they got, Penny. A, got a good backup in Rashad Penny. So, I would say probably Seahawks and Ravens. I love that. I think that's a good – I think that's pretty good in this weird of a year. You know what I mean?
1: I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway with you. I think the Ravens are going to roll this thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be similar to when Kaepernick took the 49ers to the Super yeah. Bowl. Really good defense. Yeah. Generation, trend, transcendent, different type of quarterback. Better version and, of Mike Vick. Uh, exactly, but I think this year—and just call me crazy right now.
0: Hey, I just met you.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I, I like the Ravens. Okay, but I like the Packers to be the two seat. Okay. And I like them to go on the road and beat the Seahawks.
0: I like that in the they, NFC championship. They got they got the best quarterback.
1: And, and 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 you know, and Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in the NFC. And the one team I did not mention, and I don't know why, I just don't think they're gonna get over the hump this year, is the New Orleans Saints. They're gonna yeah, be in the thick of it. They are. And so will the Vikings. And and those four teams are the four teams in the NFC. Yeah. We just said them.
0: Sean Payton gonna be next coach of the Cowboys? I don't know, but that'd be cool, man. Mm-hmm, it would be cool. If I, Jerry signed my boy to a long-term deal. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I kind of think Shaw might ride it out with Drew, though. Yeah, I could see it. And also, you know how things kind of, uh, kind of uh, poetically happen. Sure, I could see the Saints not winning it this year. Winning it next year and Drew retiring, I, 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 things like that like happen. That you know, they
1: they've got a good team. They'll, they'll get a guy in the draft on defense. Maybe make one move and really set up that monster. team. Yeah, they're, they're they've
0: got a good. They got Kamara. They got some wide receivers. I think they're missing a good tight end. Maybe mm-hmm. you know what I mean. They'll find oh, something yeah. like that for sure. But uh, and my my my, my playoff, my playoff uh, we'll couple go. are easy. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. Uh, Clemson will be in. Um, LSU will be. Who's LSU playing? Georgia. They'll be in even if they lose to Georgia. Um, so, LSU, we'll go LSU, Clemson. Who's the two right now? The three. LSU, Clemson.
1: L- well, okay, you got LSU, Clemson, Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio
0: State. And I think my fourth is going to be Utah. I think they get in. I think their they're, they're strength of schedule, the wins they have, I think they get in. And I think that they're also they're kind of a different flavor. You know what I mean? I think every once in a while you got to throw somebody in the mix that's not supposed to be there, and I think they're my four. I don't know how they shake out. Sure. You know, if LSU loses, they're obviously not going to be one Ohio State. It'll be one for sure. Right. Um, I could see a scenario where Ohio State's one, LSU is three, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Utah's four. Yep. Because they're, they're going to want the Ohio State-LSU matchup in the championship. They're going to want, I think, a Big Ten SEC game Oh yeah, for sure. So what are your predictions right there for that? I for like the, final? the
1: first three you mentioned. And I also, and the only change I want Utah. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I we want root for Utah. We're I'm rooting hard for Utah. Matter of fact, I want Utah. If if, if LSU doesn't win the national championship, I want Utah. To for win. sure, I like that. But I think number four, because here's what I think: LSU could purposefully lose to Georgia mm-hmm. Saturday. No, I won't say purposely, but they could. You know, they could they could punt that game and still be in. Mm-hmm. And get two SEC teams. Because the winner of the SEC title game is in. Right. No matter what.
0: So you're saying like a one, two, three, and a four of the SEC. Georgia at four, maybe. Yeah. If they win.
1: If they win. But I think that four is going to be Oklahoma. I just do.
0: And they've only got one loss, right? They've only got and one. If loss they beat Baylor, that's a huge win. They're number eight team in the country, or something and like that. And
1: they're probably going to beat them again on Saturday. And I think that's going to be just enough. That's good. Unless Utah blows out Oregon, or if
0: Georgia thumped LSU, or if
1: Georgia thumps LSU, if Georgia wins, you've got your four. Mm-hmm. It's Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, and Georgia.
0: And it's so crazy to get Georgia in there. And they lost to South Carolina, I know. right? Holinsky I Auto Parts. I know, but
1: but. That's that's what I got, man. I got Oklahoma in, but I don't want Oklahoma in, and I want Utah in. One, because I'm rooting for Utah. Two, because I am nothing more than dying to see an Oklahoma-Alabama Sugar Bowl. And okay. I would give anything well, for Jalen Hurts to get redemption well, on that, this.
0: Yeah, because if Georgia makes the playoff, Alabama goes Sugar Bowl. If Georgia doesn't make the playoff, Georgia will be in the Sugar Bowl, and Alabama will be in the Cotton Bowl versus Memphis. Please God, don't let that. Happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Memphis State, Mike Norvell will take another job before that happens. Yeah, but you know, but then again, Alabama with nothing to play for doesn't scare me. Utah, you know what I mean? Like that, I mean, all those guys are going to sit. You, the, the three wide receivers, oh, yeah. Najee Harris, they'll sit. they'll have Mac, uh, the Mac quarterback, Jones. Mac the knife, and a bunch of. Next year's stars.
1: Yeah, next year's thousand <laughs> yard receivers. Yeah,
0: for sure. But it's going to be interesting, man. I'm looking forward to it. And Me too. You know, it's the first of December, or second maybe the second of December. So we got a lot talking about in the podcast coming up. Uh, we really did need to wrap up the. Uh, the college football, for the most part, until the playoff and ball yeah, season we'll, gets going, we'll touch on that. Around, but we'll uh, but uh, going forward with holiday season, we got a lot of happenings coming up in Tupelo and yes. Northeast Mississippi and Memphis. A uh, bunch of light displays, events, the train over in Batesville, Sideways Santa coming up in downtown Tupelo, all kind of music coming to Blue Canoe, specials at Pizza versus Taco, Christmas parties in the area. Um, a pub lot of crawl. Uh, the pub crawl, man, man, I'm a pub crawl vet. Um, like I said, there's a lot going on that we'll be touching on coming up pretty soon this week. We just need to talk a little football because it was yeah. just that time of year and yep. a lot of, a lot of, you know, um, the egg bowl happenings and things going on in the carousel. But I do promise, uh, in our next week's podcast, there'll be a little bit more pop culture, a little bit more what's happening Oh yeah, and uh, maybe not so much football, but it, it was a necessary one can this only time. hope a little trivia. There will be some trivia for sure. Um, I, you can guarantee that'll be coming next week. Uh, just a shout-out real quick before we do get off. Uh, December 19th, I got trivia at uh, Queens Reward. It'll be our December Christmas uh, tacky sweater thing. is that a Thursday? It'll be a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 100%. Yeah, Friday the it's, it's on a Thursday this Brian, this, year, this month. If
1: I'm not there, you have my permission to roshambo me to go to the next one. But I will be there because I know we don't have a game. And I know that I'm all for it.
0: All right, so I'm going to put a challenge out there real quick. McKinley said he's coming on December 19th. I know his work schedule is it's tough, and it's, it's unpredictable more than anything. Um, so here's what I want. Uh, we, we get uh, thousands of listeners to the podcast every time. Uh, so what I would like is uh, half of y'all actually do know McKinley. And if you want to come to Trivia on December 19th, I need teammates. McKinley needs some good teammates. So drop us a line on Twitter. DM us on the Facebook page. Text us if you want to. But just tell McKinley, hey, man, if you come to Trivia on the 19th, I'll be there with you. We'll drink some mead. We'll eat some food truck food, and we'll win. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, they got some awesome prizes for the December one. For the the last one we had in November, uh, they gave away a box from Deadbolt Escape Rooms. It was a mystery nice. box. They have an escape room, like a, a club. So they they sent uh, that. They give away a bottle of mead for every couple there. Uh, They give away gift certificates to like Harvey's stuff like that. So the Christmas the Christmas tacky sweater party uh, sweater trivia party will be will be a big one. And
1: I have a tacky sweater. Do you? You can't see it yet.
0: I don't have one, but I I found a good one on. It's
1: actually a classy. To me, it's a classy Christmas it's sweater. A, it's it's okay. tacky. It's, it's in a, the tacky vein.
0: Tackily classy?
1: Yeah.
0: I always try to come up with tacky Christmas sweaters, and I just I never make it happen. So this year, I'm just probably going to dress up like uh, Dan Aykroyd's drunken Santa Claus from Trading Places. <laughs> That's what I'm going to dress up as. But anyway. just,
1: it just, I'm not doing shout-outs, but I cannot tell you how bad... My dog needs
0: to take a dump right we'll, there. We'll wrap up the podcast. You can let him out. <laughs> wrap it up for us and we'll let him out.
1: Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. We, we, <laughs> we, we hope
0: you chime Nature in. calls.
1: But uh, you can check us out on Twitter at The Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. You can check out Brian at BD Baldwin, 20 under, BD Baldwin 24 and me at McKinley Holland on Twitter.
0: Well, I want to tell you something cool real quick before the dog's out. December the 11th, Twitter is. They've sent out notifications December the 11th that they are going to discontinue all inactive Twitter accounts. Hey. So somebody out there has the happening pod
1: you better be using it
0: and so we're if you don't we're do it by December 12th we're gonna we're gonna have that one so we're adding a G for sure for sure. so anyway uh, thank you all for listening and man we appreciate y'all uh, tuning in every week and, and letting us give some feedback and all that stuff and sharing the the love on uh, all our social media and be in contact with us and first and foremost be safe this holiday season don't drink and drive because uh, people are out there in a hurry and we want you to be uh, be able to hear us every week and, and be in touch with us going forward.
1: Absolutely. Folks, thank you again for listening. We will catch you next time on The Happening Pod. You stay classy.